0: all right hello everyone welcome to a friday episode of crypto with english we have a very special guest today and he's solving a very very um abstract but universally felt problem in the recruiting and hiring space now we're all familiar with the term ghosting whether it's on social media whether it's on dating apps everybody knows um the feeling of let's say of let's say building bridges building a relationship and then let's say not hearing anything back whatsoever from the opposite party. Well, this problem exists, and by the way, it exists in a great in great frequency within hiring. So when job seekers, and, I, and I'm sure many of us have been there, you know, you deal with a recruiter, you go through the steps of interviews, and interviews, and resume prep, and all different types of things you do to prepare yourself to get the job. And then at times when you don't get the role, you don't hear any feedback. And sometimes you don't hear anything from the recruiter whatsoever. So I have an entrepreneur on today's show to discuss his project and how his project is solving that issue. Because if we're to, let's say, fix the employment issues in our country, this type of feedback is very, very important for job seekers. And I think job seekers, they really do need some closure and they want the closure and they want to know what they can do better, you know, for next time. So we're going to get into the weeds about what was the inspiration and what was the motivation to create such a platform to address that. So I'd like to warmly introduce to you all Gary Benedict. He's the co-founder of Elevate Up. Uh, most of you may know it as Unghosted. So Gary, welcome to the show today. Thanks, man. Happy Friday.
1: Excited to uh, to talk shop.
0: Yeah, Likewise. So could you explain um, in, in perhaps greater detail than I provided, of course, uh, what ghosting is and could you explain how you came up with this idea and what really inspired you to come up with it? Because this is something that I think we've all been there, but, you know, you don't see it really talked about so much, so to say, but it's there. It's kind of like an elephant in the room if you think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, so... Loaded question there. I'm gonna to get to all of those, all those. Right, things. yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I mean, so my background has been in staffing recruiting my whole life. Uh, I've been doing this for about 20 years. I was a headhunter, um, 100% commission role, and then I moved into corporate talent acquisition where I led a large group where we were touching well over a million candidates a year to fill 10,000 jobs. So just think about the volume and yeah. um, um, all of the unfortunate profiles that fell through the cracks. Right. And then you heard about all these applicant tracking systems and these bots and this automation to try to streamline um, the candidate experience. Now, what really put the cherry on top for me, Adam, around this problem was I was running a SaaS marketplace where we had about 520 employers talking to 3,500 staffing firms to fill jobs. So think about intelligently matching candidates to jobs through a marketplace. Um, And we rolled out an objective rating system. So we rated all of the users on the company side, and that persona was a corporate recruiter. So that corporate recruiter was essentially the gatekeeper for the talent coming into the marketplace. And essentially the desired outcome was to fill the jobs. Now, there's a lot of things that need to happen before a candidate is marked as interested to that job being filled. Many stages of that candidate journey. When you start rating these corporate recruiters, you start to realize and predict their behaviors, right? Whether it's in banking or engineering or retail, uh, corporate recruiters really have a big role in how the candidate is actually perceiving, right? So right. this rating, uh, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but it, it, it created a lot of uh, um, uneasy in my stomach, right? So um, yep. as I mentioned, I was a corporate recruiter. I ghosted candidates. I did it. For a plethora of reasons, I was a candidate in interview processes, and I've been ghosted. Whether it was actually at the final stage where I did a four-hour presentation and then never heard back. So right. I felt that pain that turns potentially into um, distrusting myself. Am I a good enough candidate? Am I getting it right. It's chaotic. So obviously, um, there was a couple of pivots involved, but my my main goal was to actually create the next generation of corporate recruiters right? And it's not rocket science. There's no Harvard for corporate recruiting. Um, It's hard skills and soft skills. So we did a bunch of surveys. We talked to a bunch of TA leaders and said, if you can make a corporate recruiter, what would it look like? So we curated all that information. We created an incubator and we were actually certifying baristas, retail folks, customer service folks into corporate recruiters. And it was working well, Adam. Unfortunately, we all know what happened early 2020 when the pandemic landed on our on this planet yep. all corporate recruiters were getting unfortunately laid off and there was not a demand for corporate recruiters so i did a quick little pivot and until the world normalized i wanted to create of chaos around candidates getting ghosted and i really wanted to create a mission to empower job seekers so that's how it stemmed and then i just kind of went full force into being heavily biased towards the job seeker and trying to balance the power between hiring companies and job seekers. So that's kind of how the idea was brought up. And then obviously there's a lot of iterations around the the idea into a product, into a, a, you know, a solution, et cetera.
0: Um,
1: But I was, I'm a practitioner in the space. I was also a candidate that's been ghosted. I've done a lot of, a a lot of projects uh, rooted from data around activities on the employer side. Yeah. And I felt like nobody's really trying to expose this problem.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm wondering, too. So, you know, often, you know, throughout high school, college and afterwards, whether you're dealing with a recruiter or let's say a career counselor, you know, there is a tremendous amount of pressure for, you know, job seekers to prepare and how to prepare for interviews and how to prepare their resume and and stuff like that. So on the flip side for employers, are there like any type of Excuse me, meetings or calls, or you have some sort of like outside coach speaking to companies. As far as maybe the like the etiquette in dealing with um, job seekers and things like that, does that exist in any shape or form, or no?
1: I mean, it does. I mean, there's a ton of widgets and tools, right, uh, that a corporate recruiting team can leverage to increase the candidate experience or net promoter score, right? Right. But- I think, I think it really comes down to three things, Adam, uh, on the hiring ethics side. It's speed, transparency, and personalization. Now, unfortunately, with the volume and the acceleration of talent acquisition technology, the third piece of that, personalization, has almost become non-existent, right? So right. well, they're dehumanizing a very humanized process. Right. Right, so when you talk about things they can buy off the shelf or tools they can bolt into their applicant tracking system or training. It's usually a technology. It's not behaviorally training corporate recruiters on how to be more personal. Got it. Right. So to answer your question, there's a plethora of tools that you can use to help automate and streamline your recruitment efforts to focus on the candidate experience. However, it's more of a soft skills thing, in my opinion.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, And kind of being on both ends of the spectrum as also a job seeker and as a recruiter, if we were to play devil's advocate here, let's say in the recruiter capacity, let's say on the few occasions you've ghosted people, is it the kind of fear or reluctance to maybe share bad news? Like, uh, you know, to be fair, because it's kind of like, okay, you prepared for all of this. You didn't get it. And I would imagine in your positions like, oh, God, I feel terrible you know, uh, do I really want to break it to them and, you know, kind of get into the weeds and, you know, um, deal with all that?
2: Uh,
1: Short answer is yes. Right. I mean, so that's where I originally came up with the idea to incubate the next generation of corporate recruiters. Right. Um, Having tough conversations with candidates and hiring managers is a key part of the role. Right. Right. So unfortunately, again, there's no education hyper focus on creating awesome corporate recruiters. Right. So right. there's training around crucial conversations and how to have those tough, you know, uh, discussions with candidates that are looking for unrealistic offers and, you know, right. not board with you. But um that's really not the problem I'm trying to solve here. Right. So I'm trying right. to solve the problem and I'm trying to empower job seekers. And you know, as it stands today, job seekers feel extremely stressed and discouraged when potential employers, you know, disappear without warning. And that, that, that disappearance without warning is, is essentially being ghosted.
0: Wow. And on the flip side, when it comes to job seekers, when you would speak with them in, in a recruiter capacity, what kind of closure were they looking for? So let's say they go through three or maybe even four rounds of interviews. Everything seemed to be going well, but let's say at the last minute, maybe the client decided to hire somebody internally, or maybe uh, some sort of family friend, not saying all cases, but let's say somebody that they closely know outside. You know, uh, when you have those conversations, um, what type of closure are a lot of the job seekers, you know, looking for? Because I would imagine you'd probably be faced with a tremendous, like, spectrum of emotions, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So just a quick little uh, question for you, Adam. What percentage of people or candidates do you think receive phone calls from recruiters when they're not selected for the role?
0: 25 percent. Seven. Seven.
1: Seven Seven percent of candidates get a phone call from a recruiter. When they're not selected for the role. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. So think about how easy it is to be a good corporate recruiter in this industry. Right. And it really stems from the two of the three, right? Transparency and personalization. Right. So if you think about, if you want to be an above average recruiter, you literally just have to call a candidate and tell them why they're not selected. They might not agree with it. It might be a little... A, a little bit of a tough conversation, but you're going to be different 93% of the time, right? So yeah. if you think about the personalization and the transparency piece, that would go extreme lengths, and you would become memorable to that candidate. Now, obviously we all are busy and we're all managing a high rec load and sometimes hiring managers don't get back to us at a, at a certain time, but just communicate with a candidate. It goes right. a long way, right? Right. That's all they're asking for.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I would imagine too, like over time, you're speaking with a candidate, they're going through the interviews. Between candidate and recruiter, a relationship is building as well. So I would imagine, I think some of the maybe the shock or maybe some of the bitterness might just come from like, okay, I know this recruiter. I've been providing and disclosing to this recruiter, sharing the feedback, sharing my experience. And then it's kind of like, oh, I don't hear from them anymore. So, Describe how your product, I guess you could say, solves that problem, starting with, I guess you could say, the MVP, even beta testing. Um, how did you um, how did you come up with, let's say, the display and the structure of this project?
1: Great question. So when I was creating viral Chaos, uh, mostly using LinkedIn around ghosting, right? Um, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to kind of go at this like a bull in a china shop. I wanted to expose organizations that were... Ghosting candidates. Yeah. Right. And then obviously, as I talked to investors and other entrepreneurs, they said, what's the stickiness in the platform? Right. There's right. Slack channels and other outlets for candidates just to talk shit and vet about their experience. Right. But how are you actually going to keep them sticky in a platform? Right. So then we surveyed thousands of candidates and said, you know. Where's the problem? How do you, you know, how do you think you can actually reduce the chaos around applying for 25, 30 jobs a week? Right. And 90% of the respondents on the candidate side, they use Google, Google Doc, Excel, email, and then maybe the other 10% uses some type of project management tool like Trello to manage your job search. Sure. Right. So we said, what if you had a basic a, a personal CRM to track all of your applications and that CRM can actually create triggers and flags on when and who you need to follow up with across those, for example, 25 applications. Right. That went a long way. Right. Instead right. of trying to sift through your email for a job you applied to four weeks ago, you all of a sudden got an email saying, we'd like to interview you. You're like, who the hell did I apply to? What resume did I use? <laughs> right. What's the job? Right. So. The main key feature of this platform is a slick Kanban-style interactive dashboard where you can actually create a ticket for each application, and we will follow that application and nudge you to keep up to date on that application throughout the stages of the interview lifecycle life cycle for the candidate. So we think that would actually create less chaos and would help with tracking all of these job applications. Right. Because candidates, when they're in a job search, they're not just applying to one or two jobs. Right. They're right, like 12.
2: 20,
0: 50, hundreds,
1: yeah. Exactly. So wouldn't it be nice to actually track you know, 50 applications, where they're at each stage, you can actually see the duration, you can actually see where you're getting closer to getting ghosted, and then you will right. also be able to benchmark your experience with other job seekers that are going through the same thing so that you can start to predict your experience with that employer
0: right right and i and i would imagine naturally uh as more users join this service this platform um i would imagine these observations are going to start being shared on places like you know reddit and quora and, and all these other websites and you know i think if these companies start seeing what people really think about some of these practices i would imagine that would probably inspire them to uh Uh, you know, make uh, recruiters and, you know, make HR, you know, be more diligent, you know, in in their follow-up and, you know, phone calls and emails and things like that.
1: Yeah. And there's really two other keys to to the platform that we're building that we're solving for based on the first, around just the chaos around tracking 50, 100, 250 applications. Right. We've learned that job seekers want access and transparency to what the company's interview process is like. Right. Before they enter it. Right. Right. Because if you apply to ABC company, you do not know what to expect. Sure. You don't know if a recruiter is going to call you. You're going to get an automated email from a bot. They're just going to say, come in for a final interview. Here's a presentation. Candidates want that information so they know what they're getting into before they get to that stage. Right. That will be available on the platform. Another thing is they want some type of peer-to-peer mentorship. Right. Right. So almost think of it as a crowdsourcing opportunity to say me personally, I'm interviewing with XYZ company. I've gone through right. two interviews. They're now asking me to do a, a final presentation. Has anybody created a template like this or has anybody interviewed? Right. And then you can actually start to talk almost like a peer to peer conversation in real time and say, can somebody help me? Or do I have other right. job seekers been in the spot? Let's talk and connect and see how we can actually work together to increase your opportunity to get the
2: job.
0: Right. Because, uh, you know, what can be created from this is really going to be solid, reliable metrics from the way this is, you know, laid out. So, you know, like as you were mentioning and as job seekers go through this process, you'll be able to pinpoint who are the worthier employers to apply to and who are kind of the more, I guess you could say, aloof employers and you know people do talk and you know reputation is one of those things that uh for better or for worse it can spread like wire a uh, wildfire so i'm wondering from i guess from the employer perspective have you ever i guess encountered you know any type of company who, who said listen gary um i think this is a great idea but you know this is kind of kind of be this is going to be arming job seekers to kind of throw stones at us, whether it's on you know like a like a Reddit or a Quora and things like that. Like this might be a situation where like oh, all these people are just going to start like spreading slander or libel about us, so to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of value on the employer side to it, I just don't want to sound like I'm right, a, right, a <laughs> candidate and uh, be, sure, okay, good luck in your, in your search. But like, I mean, there's a ton of information out there that says it, you know, if in fact you provide a candidate a bad experience. There's yeah. an 80% chance they will not apply to your company again, ever. Right. Right. So think about if we can actually prevent you from creating a bad experience, you're going to have more candidates apply to your jobs in the future.
2: Right. Right.
1: Two is there's an oversaturation of candidates right now. Right. The, the great resignation and all this stuff. But right candidates are applying to jobs, right? Candidates that are not qualified for the job might be more hesitant to apply to your job. If they have visibility into the, into the data before they apply. Right. I feel like there's a little bit of a spray and pray right now based on some of the things I said earlier around, I don't know what to expect, so I'm just going to apply. Right. Right. So if there's more visibility into what you're getting into as a candidate, I feel like it would lessen the chaos on the employer side. And all of a sudden having 80 applications in three hours after I posted a job, you're like this is overwhelming. I'm going to go through the top five. Hopefully I find somebody, I'm going to mass disposition the rest of the 75.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. And, and, and that makes, and that makes perfect sense. And when creating this, uh, why did you uh, choose the Kanban style? And if, um, and if you could be so kind for the viewers, could you explain what a Kanban is?
1: Yeah. So, um, it was through user research, right? So we gave them options on what they would like, um, from a dashboard, what would be interactive yes. from a UI perspective? What would keep them sticky? And essentially there's pipes, right? So right. The candidate is going to be the submission pipe. The next pipe is going to be screening. You can drag right. and drop your application into each pipe, right? And the goal right. would be to kind of gamify that experience for the candidate to say, I got, yeah. I got 15 and submitted this week. The goal is to get half of those into screening. Right. Then I want to keep, moving down the pipes, right? So that's right. why we kind of came up with this interactive Kanban style, almost like a ticketing system where you're going to get notifications and say, Hey Adam, it's been five days since you interviewed with XYZ company. Have you heard back? Right. And wow. then the goal would be to, to move those, those records down the, the process. Yeah.
0: So um, when putting together this, uh, this platform, um, I would imagine the research indicated to you um, from job seekers and candidates i feel neglected i feel stressful i feel stressed out rather i feel anxious um you know i feel powerless as a as a job seeker you know so you know when when kind of taking all of this data and and putting and putting this together um i would have to say using kanban and this drag and drop style it saves a tremendous tremendous you know amount of time to say <laughs> To say the very least, and in fact, I wish I had access to this probably like years ago when I, you know, perhaps graduated from college and, and whatnot. So when it comes to the uh, the job seekers dilemma, um, are there any like uh, figures, percentages or numbers um, that you have maybe off the top of your head as far as how much faster, how much more efficient, you know, how much more streamlined, streamlined this will make the job seeking process? Because I look at this and just from, you know, doing my research, those little steps add up. They save a whole lot of time, to say the very least.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, Adam. I don't have a specific response to that on how quick, how, how more efficient or, you know, the time to fill number will squeeze right. in the candidate's favor through using a tool like this. Again, right. the mission around this tool is to empower the job seeker. Not necessarily speed is one of the the three indicators that I'm trying to right, explore, but... Um, the goal is to predict or shape behavior on the candidate side based on the information in the platform right not speed up an application process right so right. obviously that that would be an input into creating value for the candidate is to get from submission to offer quicker yes. right but that's that's not my priority with the, with this platform my right. platform is in a high in, in, in a high level here adam if you have 10 applications out there, you should be yeah, able so to force rank those 10 applications on which one has the highest probability to pop. Right. Right now, candidates are ranking all 10 of those in a very similar fashion. Right. So basically, the ones on the bottom would be, there's a 65% chance you're going to get ghosted after the second interview. The ones on the top might say, based on the information in the, in the platform, there's a less than a 10% chance you're going to get ghosted. Focus on these. Right. That's where you should get excited. And not to spin this conversation, but you know, there's a thing called mental health in a job search. It's demoralizing when you hear or when you come across that dead silence known as ghosting, it it hurts. Sure. It it creates depression. It's, it's a big thing in, in the job seekers, mental health.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when putting this platform together, what was some of the underlying technology you utilized to you know, create this? Because I would imagine uh, you're effectively creating like a, almost like a CRM for, for the job seeker to really kind of manage, track and analyze you know, what's going on each step of, step of the way. So obviously within the scope of what you're comfortable with, um, if you can talk a little bit about the technology um, that this product is built on top of.
1: Yeah, this is going to be uh, web-based to start. Uh, version version one. I mean, I, I, it's it's ready for for market, right? So uh, we're going to be making a splash probably in the next 30 days. Um, yeah, we have a a good cohort of beta customers and job seekers that are ready to sign up and start using the platform. Um, so we're just we're just finishing up a couple more of the aesthetics on the uh, in the platform, but it is web-based. Uh, you could. You could use it on your mobile, um, but it is going to be much more functional on 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 the computer to start. Um, right. But uh, this is version one, right? And my goal here is get something out there, get feedback from the from the user base, and adjust and and, and uh, grow from there. So right. It'll be web based, just like you know, you go to unghosted.co, you'll be able to sign up for the first time or sign in. Yeah. The dashboard will will be your your main page. You'll see some data up there around. What's going on in the market whether it's my industry my company by geo around um higher probability of getting feedback and moving through those stages of the candidate life cycle then you're also going to be able to review reviews so a part of this platform is when i go from screening to interview the machine is going to say hey adam please rate your experience All in right. screening before you actually move your card to the next pipe, which would be interview we're We're right. actually curating all that information. And that's going to be public for job seekers to review right. other job seekers,
0: basically rating and reviews of, of their experiences. Got it. And kind of on the flip side, when it comes to employers, what tangible benefit does this provide? Cause I would imagine one off the top of my head, if you're an employer, this This product, this project can actually help bolster and improve your reputation. So if you're known to be the employer that gets back to all the candidates, that has recruiting staff that provides meaningful feedback and, you know, uh, pointers and tips and kind of um, outline the pros and cons, I would imagine word. Gets around fast because because I, I I would expect the community is going to end up being built around this. So people that are using unghosted, you're going to see this come up in Discord channels, Telegram, WhatsApp, and then you know as people do, they're going to just share their experience. So by the way, don't interview at X, Y, and Z company for instance. I went through three interviews, they didn't get back to me, and you know but and they'll say well, but at ABC company, this group of individuals were great. They were very clear and transparent with me. I didn't get the job, but the recruiter spent the time to explain the process and what I could do better for next time.
1: Yes. So glass half full, we want more of the latter, right? So that, you know, we definitely want more of the latter. We want, we want to promote that behavior, right? But some things that that I wanted to mention around the candidate experience is 50% of candidates accept an offer when presented if they had a bad experience. Think about that, Adam. You're yep. the hiring company. I'm the candidate. You provided a, a less than average candidate experience with me. You present an offer to me. I'm going to decline that half the time just because of my experience throughout the interview process.
2: Wow. Right. So just think yeah. about
1: the amount of can- the volume of candidates organizations are losing based on how they're treating candidates in the interview process. Right. Not, be- not because the offer was too low, or they had to relocate, or whatever the case may be, it's simply because half those offers are turned down because of the experience that they were, they were providing. Right. 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 And then even, even a little bit north of 50% candidates will abandon the the, the interview process. They'll just abandon it. Right. They'll they'll ghost the the employer.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And what was some of the feedback users gave to you when you put this together? Like anecdotal evidence, uh, like I would imagine this probably unburdened a lot of people when they started using this, they were able to kind of see a bird's eye view of the entire process and really make a meaningful you know, decision in their uh, next step. So like, what were some of the, what was some of the feedback, what, what were, what were some of the comments you were getting when users started playing around with this? Whether it was like, you know, during beta testing or otherwise
1: yeah i mean so our UI UX team did an awesome job with with user research um like all the way from low mid to high prototypes i mean they were they were in the market and interesting right. enough some of the, the the designers and the folks that on, a, on the team that were doing the research were also yeah. in a job search so they were feeling the pain personally yeah. while they were helping me with this project so it was pretty significant adam um yeah. but the, the feedback that we got that we basically flipped and created features in the platform was the chaos. Yeah. Right. So I apply on Indeed. I apply on LinkedIn. I apply on career builder. How do you manage those?
0: Yeah, that's a lot.
1: Right. So that was basically, if not the most overwhelming feedback that we got to say, we need a platform that we can manage our applications regardless of the source that we apply to
2: right right
1: so basically uh, getting off of the excel and elbow grease concept for job seekers right two was we'd like access or some type of transparency into what we're entering after we apply right that's true right so this platform will hopefully solve that problem as well we will actually create transparency into you apply to xyz Expect to hear something in eight days. If you don't, we're gonna nudge you, and you're gonna follow up with
0: them. Right, right. Got it. So
1: in the the third in the third piece, and the third piece was again was just kind of like the the peer to peer. Right. They they want community much uh, uh, safe community. Job seekers can create an alias. It's not gonna be Adam English is talking about this company. You would create an alias. You can, you can connect with other job seekers. You can create pods or talent pools within the platform so that you could actually start creating much more. Wonderful. Rich conversation.
0: That's great. So uh, one of the themes I like to go into uh, during these uh, episodes is the entrepreneur's journey. So uh, I would imagine in your experience, whether it's friends, families, other colleagues, did any of them ever go up to you and be like, Gary, like, are you sure you really want to create something like this? Do you realize this might, you know, rub a lot of these companies the wrong way? Do you think maybe you're giving job seekers a little, you know, too much ammo here, so to say? Like, I would imagine you've probably met detractors, and you know, obviously you don't have to mention names, but whether family, friends, colleagues, total strangers who were probably like, Gary, do you really want to do this? You know?
1: Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't make everybody happy in this world, right? Right. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? So um, absolutely. But this is this is a lifestyle and a passion for me, man. I mean, um, especially with the pandemic, this ghosting issue has accelerated Oh, I've quite significantly. Right? And, um, you know, when I see friends and even family members that are going through this and they get just crushed emotionally when they are so excited about an opportunity, they talk about it with their friends and family. They're expecting an offer. Crickets. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm focusing on. Not the not the folks that don't think that I can make an impact. And I want to I want to be clear here. The word impact, Adam, is so subjective. I'm not trying to make an impact across the entire world. Right? I want to start small. I just want to start to chip away and balance the power between employers and job seekers and empower the job seekers. I'm starting with a small beta set and then hopefully it grows. Right. But I don't need to change the world. I'm not looking for that type of impact. If I could actually make an impact with the people that know me throughout my career, that I actually, whether they're a hiring manager or a candidate and they become, they feel more empowered and the, the, the stabilization starts to happen. I'm happy.
0: Right. And from personal experience, have you ever been ghosted when there was a pending offer on the line? So, um, you know, I've been ghosted at different stages before, too, like many job seekers. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where there was like a there was literally a solid, tangible written offer on the line? And then something happens and you don't hear anything back uh, from the employer or the recruiter?
1: Me personally, no, knock on wood. Okay. Right. So I have never been ghosted after an offer has been presented. But like, unfortunately, it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, and I hate to say, in some cases, it seems to almost becoming the norm or, you know, there's a great danger, you know, of that happening. And when putting this project together, what moment or what event happened where you thought, OK, I can do this. This is coming together. Let me keep carrying the torch forward. Because a lot of times with entrepreneurs, you know, the, the life, it's it's very up and down. Peaks and valleys, you have great days, and then shit happens, and then you kind of question yourself, and then you kind of get back on the horse, and you keep going. So as far as like the incremental successes when putting this together, going over those peaks and valleys, was there a specific point for you where you thought, okay, this can really make a difference in this area of recruiting. This can really work. Let me keep going forward with this.
1: So I always thought that this could make a difference in recruiting. I mean, that that's that's simply put, right? But yeah. to answer your question around what was like the defining moment where like I'm yeah. doing, this, I'm going all, you know, what's to the wall? The company that I was running operations for in a marketplace setting was acquired pretty abruptly in June of 2020. Right. So once I got over the levels of emotion, like anybody would. Right. Right. Um, I had a one and a half year old time. I relaxed for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, I got my golf in because there was nothing else open besides golf courses during the pandemic. Right. Once I settled down, I was like, "I'm never going to have another opportunity where I'm not attached to an employer with a schedule per se than now." So that right. basically, this is when I went full force in ghosted was probably September October of 2020.
2: Right.
1: The passion behind this had been building for a decade before that. but I just never was able to fit in the time or the focus or even the, the, the cash that I'm bootstrapping this with until that event happened in June of, of 2020.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. And as far as, and I guess this next question ties into a bit of what you've already mentioned, but what were some of the biggest tangible obstacles you faced? And, you know, of course, bootstrapping, you know, for one, um, yeah. you know, can't, can be stressful just in, in of itself, but were there any other bumps along the way where you're like, shit, should I be doing this? Um, should I redesign this in a different way? Should I solve a different problem in this space? Like any of those kind of moments?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like most entrepreneurs, when they're starting at this stage and, um, you're kind of building an, um, a makeshift team, right. And whether yeah. it's equity or trust, or you send them swag every day, whatever you got to do. You're trying to surround yourself with smart people to help in a, in a, in a kind of gig moonlighting fashion. So there's been times where folks on my team or teams have gotten full-time jobs. Right. Right. And then that work, that expertise is now, it needs to be replaced. And I don't have that expertise. Right. So that, that's when there would be like a bump or a hurdle throughout, throughout the the process. Um, Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm here to support my family. Right. So if you're putting money into a project, you're saying no to something else. Sure. Right. But you have to have conversations with your your significant other and your family to say, I'm taking a stab at this. I've been passionate about this for over 10 years. Now's the only time I can really put effort into it. Are you good with me doing this? Right. So there has to right. be communication internally with your family to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a, in a, you know, in a spot where you can't get out of that rut. If something if this thing just goes south and crashes.
0: Right. Right. And you know now that you have the benefit of experience, so working as a headhunter, professional recruiter, and now creating this type of platform as a co-founder and entrepreneur, when you interview people to come onto Unghosted, what are some of the things you look for in, in candidates? So what are some of the attributes, soft skills, you know, things like that? Because now instead of working for a client, you know, you are your you are effectively your own client. You know, you're doing this for your own enterprise. So what are the things you're looking for? And like what experience from recruiting do you carry over into this role as an entrepreneur as well?
1: So it's those three things, man. It's speed, transparency, and personalization. So I try to differentiate myself through legitimate, humanized personalization. Like I text all of my candidates that are interviewing with my clients. It's good. Right. So they all know who I am. Um, I meet with them most of the time, virtually I get back to them. I respond to them. I have a hundred percent responsive rate. That's different. Unfortunately that's different in the recruiting market, right? It's like recruiting is a very low barrier to entry, Adam, very low barrier, which creates, I think, dilution in the value of a recruiter, right? It's almost kind of very similar to like the real estate industry, right? So um, anybody could be a real estate agent or anybody could be a recruiter, but it's, it's how you treat the people that you talk to. Right. Right. So, that's always stuck with me since day one, 20 years ago, when I started this, I said, I'm going to provide everybody a good experience because I know, and I believe in karma. They're going to come back and they're going to remember who I am. Right. So I just try to create a brand where like everybody else, you have a toothache, you got a cavity, you have a dentist, something goes wrong with your car. You have a mechanic. Right. I want you to think about me as their talent or, or career connection. Right. So that, that, that's been my goal, uh, that is my goal with my candidates whether i can help them in a job or not that's really not the the that's really not an issue i just want to make sure they're having a good experience with me
0: right and you know considering that your platform uses a kanban almost like similar to a trello drag and drop you could say very user-friendly interface is there a specific sector that most of the talent and job seekers come from when using your platform? Is it mostly tech people? Is it mostly life sciences? Or is it kind of a little bit of everybody that's uh, you know using Unghosted so far?
1: Great question. So, um, so, again, my awesome research team came up with the ideal persona from a job seeker perspective, right? Okay. And it's going to be somebody that actually is not like overly type A, but they are some type of serial status checker. Right. right. You need to have that type of, um, you know, excitement or passion in life. Right. right. You, right. you want to be able to follow these tickets and these applications. Two is there's certain job categories that this fits in better with. Right. So the hourly population and the light industrial folks who are the backbone of our industry aren't necessarily used to using a tracker or a CRM to manage their job search. Right, so they that probably wouldn't be an ideal right. job seeker coming into Unghosted. whereas engineers or professional you know anywhere between fresh grads to you know 10 15 years of experience but um we are going to test it probably within a vertical whether it's sales or marketing to see what type of response we get from a user perspective um but to answer your question there's probably pockets of candidates that are not going to be interested in something like this. And we will not market to them.
0: Right. Right. And and that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. And as far as uh, job seekers and seniority, is it mostly, and by the way, if you have the numbers, of course, is it mostly C-suite middle management entry level? Um, are there any, um, I guess you could say data to suggest kind of which area or which, uh, seniority of candidates, um, are, are more attracted to this than others.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, uh, not seniority level. I mean, I don't see C-suite using something like this, right? They they have executive recruiters, you know, knocking on their doors all the time. But, um, you know, um, again, regarding the actual individual that would be using this platform, it's, it's, it's 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 the status checker. It's somebody that actually cares about completing a task.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Because if you think about it, an application is a creation of a ticket and you want that task to be completed. Right. We, we, we just want to help you and we will nudge you to make sure that that task goes from, you know, start to finish. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously there's there's a ton of research out there that shows by applicant demographic who is applying to jobs and not.
0: Right. Got it. And for this product, is there any transferability to, let's say, the world of like internships and uh, externships? So, you know, for instance, uh, whether it's in college or whether it's in, you know, med school or law school, there are certain, I guess you could say, internships um, that are very much coveted in each of those spaces. And these are the types of internships that many, many people will apply to and have, you know, varying experiences. Do you find that this product will be transferable to, let's say, college students and grad students and doctoral students, uh, you know, doing various things, or if they're trying to apply to a clinic, they're trying to apply to an externship, um, you know, something like that?
1: You know, Adam, it sounds like you're talking about a strategic alliance strategy.
0: <laughs> maybe.
1: <laughs> maybe. Maybe we have that down as well in, in version two and version three, but yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, our goal would be to, to build partnerships with organizations that um, are hyper-focused in certain industries like you just mentioned, right? Whether it's yeah. you know, um, an, an organization that focuses on touching 120,000 graduates a year and getting them into the professional workforce. Right. that's something that we would want to partner with
2: right right um, right
1: so but that's a, that's a that's a that's a channel partnership and we do have um, um a focus on a channel partnership strategy as well
0: wow yeah Alyssa, yeah and by the way uh, keep me posting on that and uh you know of course we could talk further as far as you know maybe brainstorming uh you know ideas you know offline at some point but this is uh this is great and in fact it kind of re- almost reminds me and i mean this is a compliment almost like the beginnings of of Facebook as far as kind of these networks and these connections and this data, just kind of coming together. Like I said, I mean, this, I mean, this is a compliment as far as what the early stages of Facebook were kind of looking at, but I'm thinking whether this is the world of internships and externships and clinics or job seekers, this is going to effectively build a community around it. And, you know, data is going to be shared, you know, reputations are going to be built from this and, you know, many things are going to, you know, uh, you know, come out of this. So, um, so far, have you mentored anybody who were, let's say, aspiring entrepreneurs looking to kind of hang up their own shingle, you know, and and start something? Uh, and, you know, and if so, ha, uh, what type of advice or, you know, personal philosophy have you, let's say, apl- um, provided to those individuals?
1: I would say the advice I would give to you an entrepreneur is don't wait like I did.
0: Don't wait.
1: Don't wait. Like what like I said, this passion was a passion of mine and an idea of mine for, you know, about a decade before I was able to put time into it. Um, but looking back, I wish that I've already had a few years under my belt learning and adjusting and pivoting and evolving the product and the idea. Um, right. You know, so my advice would be like, if you have an idea, figure out if it's going to fail fast. Sure. Right. Or, or get some legs and scale, but don't wait for a time when you have time, because there might never be a time when you have time. Right. So right. my advice my advice would be like if it's something that you're hyper passionate about and you could speak intelligently about the problem just try fixing it just try building something
0: right and for the viewership out there uh what are the next milestones and what are the next steps for unghosted uh for 2022
1: beta launch that's the first thing adam um you know the team that i so the team that i've retained from a development perspective is uh is going through some some crazy times in this world, right? So um, there's a couple of things that are halted regarding just aesthetics on the website and the platform. Right. Um, the first goal is to is to go from one job seeker to a hundred to 10,000 job seekers uh,
2: right.
1: and um, also get a good cohort of beta customers on the company side that care about this problem. Um, and then just get to a critical mass with data and then it's going to get a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely imagine. And are there any? Um, I, I guess you could say, are there any plans or any intention to, you know, move this on to something like a like a blockchain, for instance? You know, as this gets bigger, as the funding comes in, maybe looking at something like a Hyperledger to put this on, or some sort of like enterprise like based, uh, you know, blockchain solution.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's um, you know, in the roadmap, once we get to a little bit of a critical mass with the data. I think we can get really, really slick with with um predicting and keeping things secure in the platform. So um the answer is yes, but I think we're we're a little a little far from that. Um or right. maybe maybe I'll be uh maybe I'll be interviewing you, Adam, and you can tell me what, what we can do to <laughs> yeah, get sure. Absolutely.
0: this. Absolutely. You know, whatever I can, you know, whatever I can do to help. It's just, um, you know, seriously. And I was gonna, you know, throw this idea out. But uh what about um expanding this into the metaverse at some point? Like having some sort of non-fungible token um that derives from this platform? Like I don't know, it could be from anything. Like let's say if you have like um certain modules, you get kind of little medals rewards from time to time. You become a power user of Unghosted, you can get a little NFT type of um little certificate or something like that. I'm just kind of spitballing here, but I, I think about all the directions this can this can go in. And and I think because you intend to gamify this experience, um, things like NFTs could uh, certainly have a have a role in this. And by the way, I think it'd be very motivating for a, lot of, for a lot of users, especially, you know, they're frustrated, they're, you know, they're kind of, they feel like they're under the gun looking for jobs. And let's say, you know, for their greater and increased interaction with this, they're getting NFTs or, or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you basically took the words out of my mouth. I mean, the, the gamification piece would would kind of result in some type of badging or, you know, virtual certification that uh, could be relevant to what you just said. So, absolutely. I mean, there needs to be employers that are rewarded for the behavior, right? As well as applicants and job seekers. So, um, I mean, that's that's like V four V five, right? But um, right, right. But yeah, I mean, um, who knows what can happen with this? My main goal yeah. is getting version one out there, getting users and hearing what they think.
0: Yeah, right. Because uh, I can imagine if, let's say, this expanded onto the metaverse, and I think this can easily can. Um, you essentially have avatars and, and essentially like almost uh, these whole figures, almost like these video game figures of candidates, you know, essentially walking around and through portals, you know, going from step to step in their job-seeking process and essentially this parallel world. And, you know, to add to that, you know, the very icon of Unghosted, I could easily see that being an NFT, um, you know, with the way you have it there. So that's just uh, some marketing inspiration off the top of my head. But, you know, seriously consider it like people would spend money or people would like to use this platform for great lengths of time, you know, to earn something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is something I'm not an expert in, so I would definitely like to learn from you on that, Adam. Sounds, yeah, sure. sounds like you got uh you, you got the meat and potatoes behind, behind that content.
0: Yeah. Listen, I'd be more than happy if, uh, you know, if you want to have a call, you know, later this month or whenever it's convenient. you know, we can talk shop about, you know, some of this, but, you know, gamifying the job experience is going to relieve so many people from all the anxiety and frustration of, you know, you know, of this entire, the, the entire process. And, you know, especially from the things you meant, mentioned, like, you know, the mass resignation or the great resignation, so to say, you know, there are things that are you know still to this day in 2022 are not being resolved especially when it comes to the job seekers you know experience so you know if you're the guy to you know provide that autonomy and power as you're doing with this where people can literally uh you know and i mean this positively micromanage their process so they can essentially have a cohesive you know set of data to make the next you know best decision and uh there's so many directions you know something you know, like unghosted, you know, can can go into, you know, to say, you know, to say the very least. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of my, that's that's my two cents, you know, regarding this. And as far as, and I guess as far as hiring and as far as, you know, expanding, you know, are you looking for, you know, are you looking for developers? Are you looking for more UI UX people? You know, things like that.
1: Yes, I am talking to. But um, I'm putting together an advisor advisory board. Um, I'm also yeah. talking to. Uh, somebody that's really um, heavily in the marketing side, right? So yeah. when we're talking about job seeker acquisition strategy. What are we going to test? How are we going to go about it? So um if anybody wants to talk to me who's who's big on the social side when it comes to <clears throat> targeting uh, potential job seekers to be interested in this platform, I'm all ears. Yeah. Um, and then from a product side and, a, and an engineering side, I have a development team, um, but I think the marketing piece from a job seeker acquisition perspective is, is something that um, I'd love to do some brainstorming.
0: Yeah. And, and by the way, and I, and I would, you know, and, and I would be able to offer anything freely. Um, if there is, if you're looking for a specific individual, certain skill sets in this space, um, if I know anybody um, and, and I do have, you know, a network who is relatively, and I mean this modestly, they are tech savvy. To say the very least, I'd be more than happy to, you know, suggest somebody, you know, volunteer name who may be able to, you know, help out. Uh, something like this is 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 truly, uh, it's truly flipping the script on things, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that in 2020. I think, I think people are kind of fed up with a lot of things that have happened these past few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, to say the least, dude. I mean, like you said earlier, there, there's obviously people that are just like, you're crazy. This is not going to work. Yeah, you're going to ruffle too many feathers. But there's there's way more um acceptance in this idea and I'm just excited to see where it goes.
0: Yeah. Hey, you you and me both. And uh, you know listen Gary, I have to say thank you for coming on to the show today. I really got a very great feeling of your platform, what's it about? Even the very name is intuitive, unghosted. I mean <laughs> I mean it's almost like no ex- no further explanation needed. You know, you know it's a job you know it's essentially a job seeker's tool. It's called unghosted. That is what automatically comes to mind like, oh, okay, this is something that I can use for this context of not hearing back from employers, not hearing back from, you know, recruiters. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing, you know, all of the uh, continued and greater success of what you're doing uh, with this project. And please, by all means, reach out to me for any advice, um, you know, any resources, I'd be more than happy to help.
1: Thanks for having me, Adam. I I really enjoyed this conversation and I definitely look forward to staying connected with you, man.
0: Absolutely. You, you and me both. So have an awesome weekend and uh, we'll talk offline. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.